Welcome back to the Jubilee Plus podcast and a happy new year from all of us. I'm Abby Thomas and today we're going to hear a seminar on prayer. It's beautifully introduced for us in a moment by Natalie Williams, who's the CEO of Jubilee Plus. And in the second half of this seminar, we're going to hear from Emily Lord from 24-7 Prayer. To be honest with you, I find prayer quite hard. I know it's vitally important and I'm so glad that Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, but I just, I find it hard. I, personal prayer and prayer meetings actually, uh, sometimes it depends on prayer meetings, but, and sometimes I'll feel like my own prayer life is like soaring. Um, and particularly I think in the last couple of years, it's gone through a little bit of a revival in that I'm finding it easier than I did in the past. But nevertheless, I still often find that I get distracted in fact, just this week, I have been saying to God, I, why can't I concentrate for more than five minutes when I'm praying? There's other things I can concentrate on for longer than that. And just asking the Holy Spirit to help me. And then other times, if I'm honest with you, I know this isn't true, but I just feel like I'm too busy. And I know there's that quote about I'm too busy not to pray. But you know, when your emails are racking up and there's a lot of people who need your attention and you've got a massive to-do list, sometimes it's really hard to think, no, do you know what? I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray. And sometimes it's, if I'm honest, just that I don't really know what to pray. Like, I don't, I don't know, how do I pray into certain situations? I don't know, even whether it's in a prayer meeting or in my own personal context, I, I think, God, I don't know how to pray about this. So for example, if someone I've been talking to, their life's just falling apart, sometimes it, it feels like my prayers are so I don't know, like light, superficial, I guess, you know, praying, oh God, would you change their situation? And, and of course I want to pray that, but sometimes I pray that sort of thing and I'm just like, I don't even know if I've got faith for it right now, or I don't know if I believe God's going to do it, or, or haven't I got anything else is sort of how it feels to me sometimes. And then other times, you know, it might be, in the past, when I was involved more in food bank directly, you know, in a busy food bank shift, maybe this is how it is for you, where you just think, actually, do you know what? We've got a queue of people. I know, I know you need prayer for healing or you need prayer because you're struggling, but I've got this massive load of people waiting for food and I can't, I can't pray. Have I got time right now? Um, and then I think where else I struggle is sometimes when I hear a prophetic word and that prophetic word talks about uh, particularly the minute it seems, how things are going to get harder and darker in our nation. I'm like, well, so what do I pray? Do I come before God and pray, God have mercy? Yes, definitely that. But what do I pray about? Well, God, don't let mortgages go up. Don't let food prices go up. Yes, I can pray those things. But again, it feels sometimes it's like a little bit insubstantial, if, if I'm honest with you. And so I, I can struggle. And particularly, I think, where I, if I've read newspaper headlines or if I've listened to politicians speaking, sometimes I find I just don't know what to do with this. I just don't know how to pray. And I want to pray about poverty in our nation. I want to take it seriously. I want to pray for poverty and justice issues. I want to intercede. I want to get on my knees. I want to, I want to bring them before God and not just for two minutes, but I want to really pray. And sometimes I struggle. I love the fact that Jesus invites us to pray, obviously in the Lord's Prayer, where we've got like kind of a template for prayer, which I find it so helpful to break it down, like kind of sentence by sentence and pray into it. I love the fact that in Luke 12, 
Jesus is talking about, don't be anxious about all these things. Obviously, this is in the Sermon on the Mount as well. But in Luke 12, he's talking about, don't be anxious, but seek first God, seek first his kingdom. And so come and seek his kingdom and ask him, what does it look like? But there's a frustration, isn't there? Because there's many things we've been praying for. God, break in here, break in there. So how do we pray when we don't see breakthrough? Paul writes um, on the theme of anxiety, you know, in Philippians 4, about do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. I don't know how good I am at that. I think I do let my requests be known to God, but I also don't want to come with a shopping list. And so if I'm easier, if if I'm honest with you, I find it easier just to worship and adore Jesus for who he is. And obviously that's great. But I want to be someone who takes prayer really seriously. Um, and do you know what? Oftentimes what I find it hard not to be anxious about isn't really the stuff to do with my own life. It's to do with the lives of those around me or the bleakness of kind of the poverty, the cost of living crisis and wondering, well, God, life is getting harder for so many. What can I pray? What can I do? And, and so we are, we are called in Isaiah 58 to pour ourselves out on behalf of the hungry and to satisfy the desire of the afflicted. And I believe that primarily means practically, but I also think it's got to mean in prayer, hasn't it? It's got to mean in praying to pour ourselves out on behalf of other people. I think it's also hard as well because we put ourselves on the line when we offer to pray for someone, don't we? We put our reputations on the line and God's reputation on the line. I've prayed this many times where I've sort of said to God, well, look, I stepped out, God. I prayed for healing or provision or whatever it might have been. I prayed for a miracle. And so now, God, come on, you've got to come through because I said that you'd do this. Um, often, uh, my mum's not a Christian, and often with her, I'll say to her, like, well, I'm praying for God to do this. And if it's something particularly outrageous or ridiculous to be asking God to do, she might say something to me like, oh, well, okay, if that happens, I'll go on Alpha. She doesn't really want to go on Alpha, so that she only does it with the things she thinks are, are a safe bet. So I'm then like, well, come on, God, you know, do it, because I want her to do Alpha. I, I struggle, if I'm honest with you, with prayer meetings where sometimes when we pray about social action, it can feel like we pray the same thing over and over again. Like we might pray for our projects, uh, which is good. I, I want to pray for the projects, but it can feel a little bit samey, especially if you've been in the same church for years and there's a particular kind of format or habit we're in with prayer meetings. Then, And do you know what? I'm as much to blame for this as anyone. I get to lead my fair share of prayer meetings and particularly around poverty and justice issues. And I'm not particularly creative with how um, I've done that in the past. But lately I've been feeling really challenged on that. And it's one of the reasons why um, at this Churches That Change Communities Conference today, we are launching our prayer resource, Stand in the Gap. And it's been a real joy to work on it, but to push myself and others who've been involved in writing the content to think, how do we pray creatively? If you're in a church where maybe as a whole church or in small group life, or maybe you as an individual just want to help praying or you want to get together with a couple of friends, how do we sustain a uh, really passionate, substantial prayer life about poverty and justice issues in our nation. And so we've put together this prayer resource and it's got kind of all sorts of ideas in it. So there's um, a, a, a double page spread on how to pray through the first four verses of Isaiah 61, just to give some ideas to show how we can really grapple with just four verses of scripture and find quite a number of prayer points from it that can fuel our prayers uh, for a lot longer than we might imagine. 
Um, another double page is about how to pray for both the powerful and the powerless at the same time. So corresponding prayer points so that we can fuel our prayers for both the powerless and the powerful in, in ways in which if, if God was to do this and that, it would make such a massive difference. Uh, there's also um, a double page on how to pray about the impact of your church. Just some ideas for how you might think about praying for education in your local area and the impact of your church on it. Even things like transport in your local area, things like tourism, uh, whatever industry is in your local area, whether it's fishing or steel or whatever it might be. We, we've tried to give some ideas to help pray into. We want our local church to have an impact. We've also looked at like the cost of living crisis and our friends at Acts 435 have written a double page on how to pray throughout your day at different times of the day. Like, you know, you might pray at 8am for something specific about people who are really hit hard by the cost of living crisis. It might be you. And it's how to pray through the day, different times on a clock. Uh, there's another double page on the cost of living crisis where it's like, this is how to pray through the rooms in a house about the cost of living crisis. Again, it's just a different idea. It's just to say, well, okay, so think about the bathroom and what would you pray there? What about the bedroom? What about the living room? What about the kitchen? Um, basically, we've tried to come up with a load of creative ideas and each double page has a kid's prayer. Um, so you can pray it with um, either your own children or children in families you're connected to. I know for me, as a single woman, I love uh, that I get to be involved in the lives of my friends' kids. So just some ideas for how to pray um, with our kids about these difficult issues, even how to pray with them about things like modern slavery and mental health. Um, every page has a 30-second prayer bit more structured, bit more formal, just a way of praying if you've just got 30 seconds to pray for that issue uh, to help you do that. Um, every page has an idea for a prayer space. So if you've got a massive main auditorium and you want to hold like a whole week of prayer about poverty and justice, loads of ideas for how to make that very interactive and visual. We've been so thrilled to work in partnership with loads of other Christian charities on this, particularly 24-7 Prayer and Together Liverpool and their network of kindness. It's been a real joy to work together, but the whole idea of this resource is that whether you do it on your own, whether you get together with a bunch of friends, whether you use it to fuel your church, your whole church's prayers for the next year or two years or three years, we hope we've given you enough material to find fresh and engaging ways to pray about poverty in our nation, to pray about the cost of living crisis, to pray about housing and homelessness, to pray about mental health, to pray about modern slavery, to pray about fostering and adoption, any number of issues, there's loads of them in there. You'll see it when you get hold of it. And we hope it will be a really great tool for you. I am absolutely intending to use it to fuel my personal prayer life, but to help me lead prayer meetings at both my local church setting and when groups of churches gather together to pray. This is one of the tools I'm gonna use. And there's so much content in there that I should be able to use it easily for probably the next couple of years to fuel my prayers, to fuel the prayers of others and to keep into seeding on behalf of our nation, on behalf of those hardest hit by the cost of living crisis. So I hope it will help you develop your prayer life and your church's prayer life too.
Hello, my name is Emily and I am part of the 24-7 Prayer GB team and I look after prayer rooms in our nation. I have the privilege of hearing their stories and supporting them as they pray. My first experience of a prayer room was a 3am slot. Nobody else wanted to cover it, so I said I would. And I went along and it really shaped and changed the trajectory of my life because in that place, a passion for prayer was stirred. I encountered the peace and the presence of God. I felt stirred to pray for my local community and I learned to pray in new creative ways and just explore a new way of praying. And that really, really formed this passion in me to want to help to equip the church to pray. And today I'd love us to think about prayer in the context of mission and justice. I have been reading Acts recently and I'd like to draw our attention to Acts chapter 2 just right at the end and 3 and I think this really gives a good example of how prayer and justice are interlinked and that we need the two together. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to communion and to prayer. The early church have just been given the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And they're together, they are in fellowship, they're in God's word, they know who they are in Christ. They are filled with faith. They have no fear, they're giving up everything. And as we go into Acts 3, we see what that, how that outplays in their mission and bringing justice into the world and God's kingdom. Acts 3 verses 1 to 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him that his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple cake called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They pray and they see justice. This man's life is transformed. They are filled with the Holy Spirit they follow God obediently and they see this man. They treat him with kindness and with dignity. They heal him, bring justice and God's kingdom. And then they go and God gets the glory as they worship. 
I don't know about you, but I feel so challenged by these verses. I long to see this in our nation, a church on its knees praying, going out, seeking justice in our communities. E.M. Bounds put it, God does his best work for the world through prayer. God's greatest glory and man's highest good are secured by prayer. Prayer forms the godliest men and makes the godliest world. I love that they pray and then they go out. And in 1 Timothy 2, we are told, I urge then, first of all, that prayers, petitions, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and for those in authority, that we may live peacefully and quietly in all godliness and holiness. What is God breaking your heart for? What do you want to see changed? I'd love to just get really practical now and give us some practical tips and frameworks to help us cultivate a rhythm of prayer in our lives. And so at 24-7 Prayer, we have um, a framework called the three Ps that we encourage people to use when we are facing times of crisis or we're praying for issues of injustice. And these three Ps can be found in the Jubilee resource also. And they help us to pray for different people involved. So firstly, we'd encourage you to pray for people affected. Who are the people who are directly impacted through the crisis or through the issue of injustice? What are their needs? Are there people who are in danger and need provision and protection? Are there people who are afraid and need faith? Are there people who are at risk or without security pray for comfort and provision and if you know anyone who is directly impacted write a list name them and pray specifically for their needs next we'd encourage you to pray for priests and pastors who are the people who can spread god's love in the situation I think of the cost of living crisis and all of those people who are struggling for food, who are losing homes, who can't afford to support their children. The church is so well equipped to provide them a safe space, to provide them hope. There are so many charities that we can be praying for who will meet their needs physically. I think of food banks and housing charities. List those different people and charities. Pray for them to be equipped as they respond to the situations that they are seeing. And thirdly, I'd encourage you to pray for those who are in power. Specifically, we're praying for peacemakers, we're praying for policymakers and politicians and police. Ask God to provide them with what they need 
with wisdom as they seek to see change. Pray for clarity and pray for blessing and support as they seek to bring justice and reconciliation and aid. So we're praying for people, we're praying for priests and pastors, we're praying for those in power. How can we then create this rhythm of prayer? How can we get ourselves into the daily habit of praying for matters of injustice? We have a resource at 24-7 Prayer called Creative Ways to Pray with Your Family. But this isn't just for families, it absolutely works for individuals as well. And it just takes you through four steps. So firstly, it encourages you to find a rhythm that works for you in prayer. It might be that you wake up and as a family, you actually want to pray together at the breakfast table. And so you could have a jar in the middle of the table write down your prayers and place them into the jar and then somebody else could pull out the prayer that you've put in and pray and say an amen to that too. It might be that you set an alarm three times a day and you actually pray for people in the morning and then in your lunch break you're praying for priests and then in the evening you're praying for those in power. Find a rhythm that works for you, try a few different things out and stick to it. Next, get creative in your prayers. Like with the prayer jar, think of how you've got things around you that can help you to pray. You don't just have to sit and, and say words. Maybe try drawing your prayers sometimes or painting, doing an, an oil drawing. Think about what you have around you, how you can get creative and be praying for these different areas. Thirdly, get active. Think about the places that you're praying in. Breath care prayer can be a really nice way to get into your body as you breathe in. You could pray Jesus and then as you breathe out, you could pray provide for those who are struggling financially right now. Or you could have a chair in the corner of your room and that's your place of prayer and you have your prayer lists next to you. You have some post-it notes that you can stick up as things come to your mind. Get active, work out where it is that you want to pray. And then get outside. I think this works so nicely with um, the three Ps. Go for a prayer walk. As you're walking, are you passing a police station? Could you be praying for them or your local council? And so you're praying for those who are in power and in decision making. You could walk to your local church and write down an encouragement on a stone or a Bible verse and really lift up your local church in prayer. Maybe as you walk past, you walk past people who are struggling. See and ask God what he is saying. What does he want for that person? Pray and lift that person to him. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope this has given you some practical tips and things to think about in how you can pray for matters of injustice in your homes and cultivate that rhythm of prayer. What is God breaking your heart for? 
could you pray for it today? Thank you so much to Natalie Williams and Emily Lord. You can hear more about the new Stand in the Gap prayer resource, which Natalie spoke about at the beginning of the seminar. That's via the Jubilee Plus website, or you can go to the link, which you'll find in the show notes attached to this episode, where you'll also find out more about Jubilee Plus and about 24-7 prayer. Tomorrow we have our final episode in this series from the Churches That Change Communities Conference and that's a seminar called Business for Good. See you then.